Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 63 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cardwell, joined today by NFT superstar Michael Raskin. Rask, how you been? There's an intro. Well, first of all, just flip it on the fans with you kicking off the podcast first time in 63 episodes. So, or have you done it once before? I think that's the I don't first know, time. But a couple clicks. Yeah, a couple clicks. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I went up north for the weekend uh, with a couple of buddies. And it was like a no phone, no laptops type of thing, like no nothing. And it was, I'd never done that before. And it was kind of nice get away from everything. Uh, like I'm always on my phone, man. I, it, it was crazy. Even just being there, I was like, oh my God, like I, I miss my phone. And it was good, like going two days or whatever without it. Because by the end it was like relaxing, but it, like it's hard, it's hard, man. But it was, it was kind of cool. Have you ever done anything like that? Uh, can't say I have. I mean, like maybe when you go to like a cottage you're like you have bad service and you're just like yeah you know what like i'm done with it like i'm not gonna bother there's no point but no i yeah. actually like it a lot because like people these days like including ourselves you just get so wound up in social media and everything online and just like you see so many things a day online that you just like you're not even like thinking you know you're just like seeing stuff now you're not even thinking about your own thoughts and stuff like that so i feel like to reset like that and just like to be able to like connect with your boys a little bit like because you go to like you hang it like I don't even know like especially like the younger generation like I've noticed this with like I don't know like younger kids that I know like cousins stuff like that you just like rely on their phone so much like you'd hang out with somebody and everyone's just like looking down at their phone rather than talking you know yeah it, it was it's exactly like that and I'm I'm like that too man I, I mean not like when I'm present around people, I can be present, but I always have my phone on me always. And, uh, you know, I'm always checking it. If, if there's nothing to do for a couple seconds, like you open your phone, like you're checking Twitter, checking Instagram. And it's just, um, it was nice. We, we did like a couple hour long snowshoe hike up this hill into like these ice cave things and like around the lake playing on a playing shinny on the lake till like three in the morning, dude, like, you know, a couple beers, like with the boy, it, it was a good time, but like, um, I know you've, uh, you want to talk about you have COVID? Can I just drop that? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it won't be any surprise to people when they hear my, like you can hear my voice. Uh, it's a little bit off, but I'm on day five of my quarantine. So I'm actually like, I was, I wasn't feeling great. Um, I know we discussed that a little bit, but now I'm feeling like much better. Uh, just a little stuffed up. So hopefully tomorrow my symptoms are gone and uh we can start moving along but uh no it's it's been crazy yeah i just kind of went into the rink uh tested positive and then came back to my hometown of curtis so i can uh get out of my billets here so it wasn't a hassle for them and just been isolating in my basement here but no it's been good just a bunch of working out and netflix and i don't know just trying to keep busy any way i can yeah and uh i i've been dying to tell the listeners this and i told you about it. i told all my friends my family but I, I won another week of free coffee on the tim's app i sent you the picture this morning um i'm fired up man i'm gonna get it on the way to the rink i'm gonna get it on the way back from the rink i might get one before bed like, who knows man i'm gonna <laughs> use it but but uh i was so fired up and and man so like we were talking about the leaves game last night and uh what it was matthew's goal that that clinched it for me but the first goal that matthew scored Nylander got credit for I don't know if you were watching the game but Nylander scored the goal and normally they correct goals really quickly um 
but it was like 20 minutes later and i i saw matthew scored i was like why have they not changed the goal because i was freaking out that that he wasn't going to get another um <laughs> i was just like flipping it over here and and then they corrected the goal and then he ended up scoring another one anyway but um yeah so it's it's just that's an absolute rush man seven days of free coffee as many as i want so just been fired up over here that's unbelievable that's <laughs> like oh I couldn't even imagine because I'm a big Tim's guy too. Before like every game, before every practice, like stop at Tim's. So I might yeah. have to hop on that bandwagon. I know my mom plays that game quite a bit too. She's actually not bad at it either. So I'm gonna have to hop in. Yeah, I mean, I'm. This might as well just be a Tim's ad, but you might as well get the the app because even if you don't win the seven days of free coffee, you win like Tim's points when you get right picks, and then you can get free coffees anyway through that. So like, yeah, be nice. I mean, just huge plug for Tim's here, but. Anyway, maybe we'll send this and ask for some money. But um, did you uh, get to watch the All-Star game? Because I didn't because I, I was gone that weekend. That was when I had no like, anything. So I, I don't know anything of what happened. It was like, I, I think the Metro won. But man, like, it's three on three, as you know. And like, they don't try at all. Like, it's it's pretty bad, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's just like... Like, I feel bad. Like, and the crowd wasn't even, like, sold out. I'm not sure if that was COVID mandates. I doubt it in Vegas. But I, I just feel bad for, like, the people who pay, like, a lot of money, like, to actually go see the players. And then they it's just kind of, like, I don't even know. It's just, it's like, below, like, shitty like public level. skate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just cruising around. Like, it's pretty cool for, like, the fans to go and see all of them and, like, see them at the skills competition and stuff. But, like, I feel like they need to do something to spice up the games or, or give it a little bit more life, you know? And, and, and this year there's so many like first year guys, like I feel like the guys who it's their first year, they don't know how hard to go in the games. So they're almost like going too light to like cater to the older guys, you know? Yeah. Like, you make a good point. Yeah. And we kind of talked about this last podcast in, in terms of ways they can spice it up, but I, I don't know. It, it is like, and you hear it every year, like you see it on Twitter and stuff. It, it is, it becomes a bit of a disappointment. Um, and uh, the skills competition is cool. I like that. Not that I got to watch it this year, but that's always fun. And the game has just been a letdown, man. I, I don't know. It's not entertaining anymore. Bro, you want to talk about that? Like the NFL Pro Bowl. So it's like the all-star game at the end of the year for all the NFL players. It's like now it's two hand touch, but like if somebody touches a guy, like sometimes they just let it happen and he runs and stuff. And it oh, it God. was it was like brutal. Like and there was another one. So like if you get scored against or something, you do like a fourth and fifteen to keep the ball. And then the other team ends up getting it at like the the twenty yard line. Like it's just a massacre out there. Like they gotta do something about that game too, because that was just like I couldn't even believe what I was watching. Yeah, and I imagine the two teams in the Super Bowl, they don't have any other guys going to play, right? No, exactly. So maybe why, why wouldn't they just do it like a week after or something? I don't know. Get the best, the guys who are the best, the most hyped at the time. Yeah, I guess. But then I, I think it's just because like the NFL has so much hype leading up to the Super Bowl. Like the, and it gives, like it gives the NFL like two weeks to have the Super Bowl. So it gives the players two weeks to do media, two weeks to get ready. Yeah. And then, well, they carry all this momentum from the playoffs. They plug in their all-star game, too, in that week off, which Jeff definitely, like, drives revenue way up. So that's probably the reason mm -hmm. they do it. Yeah, after I said it out loud, I realized you, kind of, you lose interest after the Super Bowl anyway, so it makes sense. Um, right. Now, I mean, 
do let, let's address your suspension i guess right like go right at it you want to just talk about that yeah yeah for everyone who doesn't know uh i just suspended 15 games uh by the ohl for boarding call and uh obviously the suspension is what it is you serve your time and then uh you come back when uh when you're eligible but uh i just wanted to address the the situation with tanner dickinson just wanted to wish him all the best in a speedy recovery and keeping him in my thoughts and prayers throughout uh, his road to returning back to the ice. And I, I had a pretty cool moment the, the day after the incident and I got to speak to him on the phone and he was in good spirits and uh, said he had successful surgery. So hearing that kind of made me feel a lot better. And I'm just like really hoping that, uh, that it's a speedy recovery, like I said, and uh, he's an amazing player. So I'm sure when he comes back, it's going to be like riding a bike for him and he's going to get right back to it. Yeah, exactly. Just an unfortunate situation all around, but hopefully everyone can, you know, come out better and stronger and, and move on. So, um, I mean, bringing back the football to Super Bowl this upcoming weekend, obviously, do you have a pick yet? Uh, yeah, like I want the Bengals. I want the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. Like I've been a Joe Burrow fan for like since like LSU, like when he was in like LSU, I watched like a bit of the playoffs that year. I watched the national championship and the guy just had so much swagger and he was a rock star by no means. Am I saying I'm a Bengals fan or anything like that? Not trying to like grease the bandwagon or whatever, but uh, I'm a fan of Joe Burrow and the kind of the way he carries himself. So I'm definitely going to be cheering for the Bengals and for all those Bengals fans that have suffered for so long. I want to put a smile on their face or, or help that. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the Bengals, man. And uh, same thing as you, I just love Joe Burrow and, and you know, I don't watch a ton of football and I only really started watching this year, like really through the playoffs. And uh, it was like, yeah, he is all swagger, his press conferences, his like the way he dresses walking into the games and stuff with the shades and, everything he says like he he's as cool as I can get and um I everyone kind of has the Rams and I get that the Rams are the favorite but I I mean I don't I don't know but I'm I bet on the Bengals I bet on the Bengals so I'm I'm going in for the Bengals I think I just like seeing chaos too everyone's gonna be pissed off um it'll be more fun for me and yeah and it pays out more if you're on the Bengals so I'm going for the Bengals Burrow's a beauty he's just gonna walk in win a Super Bowl do whatever he wants have some crazy quotes after cigar is going crazy you know how he is um yeah so yeah i'm, I'm on the Bengals, and uh but also i, I want to quickly mention too like everyone's been counting the Bengals out they beat tennessee in tennessee which is like hard to do that's the number one seed coming off a of bye week and then they go into kansas city and beat like probably the best like overall team for the last three or four years head to head for the second time in 30 days. Like what they've been doing is incredible. So even though they're like the odds on underdog and stuff like that, like I don't think there's any reason why they can't win that game. And then you look at like kind of the Rams, they got to play the 49ers in the, uh, in the NFC championship game and 49ers are no slouch, but they're obviously no, uh, no match kind of, or they can't really compare to the, the chiefs really it was such a bad game too <laughs> like yeah, it, it was especially <laughs> after the bengals chiefs which was a sick like thrilling game man yeah so 
Um, I think Burrow's just going to come in. He's all confident. Stafford's going to be nervous. And uh, it, that's, that's, that's what's going to go down. So everyone's going to be disappointed but us. <laughs> and you know what I heard, actually, too? It's the first – Burrow's going um, – like, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's, like, the first quarterback to win the Heisman, win the national championship, go first overall, and win a Super Bowl. The first yeah. one ever. So that would be incredible. That's a crazy stat, man. So let's go Burrow. He's an absolute stud. So moving on, let's just drop our, our guest first, and then we can keep going. But we got Jordan Sandbrook, OHL champion with the Erie Otters, former fifth-round pick of the Detroit Red Wings in 2018, and most recently played for the Charlotte Checkers in the AHL. Um, he was on my team at Brock and uh, someone I've known for a long time. And it, it's, it was a really good interview, so we're excited to get that one out. And uh, But, yeah, moving on, like, have you seen any of the Olympics at all, Cards? Yeah, like uh, like I said, I have nothing to do, really. So I've been watching all kinds of stuff, like skiing, uh, even curling. Like, I was watching curling. I was like, yeah, what? I was watching that. Were you watching that mixed doubles or whatever curling? Yeah, was? with yeah. The, the Canadians, with that guy whose last name was, like, Morris or something. Yeah, Canada, it was like the Canada against Italy game, yeah. Yeah, that was I, sick. I watched that. <laughs> it was actually, bad, like... I don't even like watch any of these sports, but every four years, it's like the Olympics. It's like your country have some pride and stuff. So it's like, Hey, why not just root for these people? Cause it's on right now. Like, and it, it's yeah. actually awesome. And I, that's what I love about the Olympics so much is it kind of gives you that opportunity to watch sports that you would never really see on TV. Mm-hmm. And I had it noted down. I wanted to bring up the curling because that was a thrilling match, dude. It was it was awesome. It's uh it's such a thinking game too. There's not only so much skill to like have the exact weight and spin on on the rock and stuff to get it where you want, but it's such a thinking game. And what I wanted to bring up was I, I don't know how many sports are like this, but there's no coach. Like the players are out there not only doing the playing, but they're also like, okay, this is what we're gonna do with this shot. Like this is where we're gonna put it here. And in every other sport, you have a coach telling you exactly what to do, right? But it's so you not only have to be that skilled, but you also have to think the game that highly, which is really cool. Yeah, it's impressive. It's it's very similar to almost like golf in a sense, in in terms mm-hmm. of that. I'm mean, you have your caddy there, and it, it's it's similar. Once you throw the rock, you got that person yelling from the far side. It's almost like your caddy kind of telling you how much you need, like how much distance, how much sweep. So I, I enjoyed it. I'll probably watch a little bit more too now that it kind of caught my interest. You know. Yeah, it, it was sick, and uh, it is. Have you ever played shuffleboard? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like shuffleboard. Shuffleboard's fun, man. <laughs> yeah, I've I've went curling once before, and it was so hard. Have you ever been? I have. I I, I was on the high school team in grade nine. There was only four people tried out, and uh, you need four for the team. So I made it. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty fun. It was just one of those things, like, I wanted to try it. So I, I tried out, not expecting to make it, but literally just not enough people to fill the team. So I made it and uh, went curling a couple times. So it was, it was fun. But uh, there, I wanted to ask you, is there a winter sport, winter Olympic sport, you think if you trained for one year, full-time training for one year, you could, you could com- not win, but, like, compete in at the Olympic level? And I, I have one in mind. In the winter? Mm-hmm. That, that's not hockey, obviously. Like one year, just like straight training, nothing else. Yeah, like you have the trainers, the nutritionists, the, the facilities. Like you can just train full time for a year. Speed skating? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. 
Yeah, maybe you could. That's not about it. I was thinking mine, mine's the easier pick, I think. And people might not agree, but bobsled. Put me in the middle in the four-man bobsled and just train for you like to like lean and like do the brakes or whatever you have to do. I think and I hope I'm no way, man. No way. You don't think? No, there's gotta be way more to it than we think. There's no way. But like, and I'm not talking just jumping in a year, a full year of training. I know, I know one girl on the on the bobsled team. She was on the Brock women's hockey team, and she like never did bobsled at Brock or anything. Like, and I don't know, she's in the Olympics now. Well, yeah, but here's my thing. Think about all the people that bobsled in Canada. Like, I don't know how much the actual number is and stuff, but like, what is there? There's four guys who make it to the Olympics, and these guys are like doing it their whole life. I just feel like. Even for like the figure or uh, speed skating one, like I just feel like it's so unrealistic for us people who like watch and see what they do because they make it look so easy that we think it's easy. So then we think we could do it no problem. But in actuality, you're like, oh my God. Like once I, I feel like once you started doing it, you'd be like, yeah, there's no chance. These people are like incredibly skilled. I, I do agree, but I think it's, it's a full year of full time everyday training to sit in the middle and do like the leaning and the push off. And I know there's more to it and Bob said people are going to get mad at me for it, but I'm standing by my take. I think, and I'm not saying I'd kick someone off team Canada. I'm just saying I could compete. I think I could compete at that level sitting in the middle, not, not like a front or back for the full year of nonstop training in the facility. So that's, we'll make a, we'll make a cool running movie on you. You just (laughs) your journey to the Olympics. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows, man? Get, get me going. Um, be, well, because even like further to that point, the bobsled, the bobsledders, yeah, I guess that's what it's called. They're, they're training obviously for the Olympics, but they're not training full time every day for a year. Like they're not getting paid enough to bobsled that it, it can be there. Like, you know, they have to work doing something else. Um, so I think if you just went full at it one year every day with the coach, the gym, like the facilities, I think, yeah, I, I stick with what I'm saying. And, and it might be a wrong take, but I'm sticking with it for now until someone corrects me. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So I guess, I mean, is there anything, anything else we want to talk about now before we send it over to the interview? No, I think that's pretty much it. Like you said earlier, it's a great interview. Um, yeah. Stick around for some good stories here. All right. Here it is. We're pleased to be joined now by Jordan Samrook. Samrook, how's it going, man? Good. Thanks. How are you guys doing? Good. And Not bad. Um, for those who don't know, I mean, you've been referenced on the podcast a good amount, actually, but you're Sam is my best friend from from high school now. And um, just coming down off your first AHL call up. But even before we get into any of that stuff, can you tell us about like the day you've had and uh, what's going on with your living situation right now in Florida? Yeah, so uh, I guess I'll start from yesterday because yesterday might be a little more eventful, too. So, yeah, we finished our game on Saturday in Syracuse. And then we're supposed to fly out early Saturday or Sunday morning at like 5.30. So we end up being, finishing the game. And after the game, that we found out the flight's canceled at 5.30 a.m. So we're all kind of like, okay, like, what are we going to do now? So our team, like service guy, came, like sent a message to all of us in the group and said, okay, we rebooked everyone's flight to 5.30 p.m. on Sunday. So everyone's like, okay, okay. And then everyone goes to sleep. We, we wake up Sunday morning. <laughs> like ready to go to the airport and find out that flight is now canceled so the next option was that we bus back to charlotte which was a 12-hour bus ride 
So I was on the bus yesterday for 12 hours from Syracuse to Charlotte and then end up getting sent back today. So I had to fly back today from Charlotte to Fort Myers and then end up wanting to get back here. Uh, we have like too many, too many guys for like not enough apartments basically. So <laughs> we had to, I had to move rooms. So I put all the stuff in my car drive over to this side of the uh, of the community complex and move all into my brand new room. And so I've been nonstop for the past two days. <laughs> and and then, didn't, didn't you kick a guy out of that room? Yeah, I, I, well, I kind of <laughs> sent him to another room. <laughs> so I, I kind of took some rank there. And, and took this. Hey, this, is, this is just another one to add to our collection of coast stories, Rask. Yeah, a couple of beauty stories now. <laughs> that's that's so funny. And it, what's funny was when he was up, he was he was up in the AHL for two weeks, and someone moved into his room in that span. <laughs> yeah, now, now he's now he's got that room off of me. So, so that's, it's crazy. musical chairs for rooms around there. Yeah, basically, I think the guy that was in here has been in four apartments, and he's been here for a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's that's hilarious. Um, so let's talk about it quick. Your first couple weeks there in the AHL got to play two games this past weekend. So how was it there? How, how'd you find it? It was awesome. You know, the guys kind of invited me in right away and great group of guys kind of introducing themselves as soon as I got there. Uh, I was kind of lucky enough to be in a good situation there where they have a lot of injuries, a lot of call-ups right now. Uh, so I was, like I said, able to play into, uh, in two games this weekend and it was an awesome experience, obviously trying to get to the highest level I can possibly play at and, you know, playing against guys that are, that have played like multiple games in the NHL and all that stuff. So it was a great experience and, you know, definitely a, a good addition to my resume for, you know, my future career. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of those guys with NHL games and stuff, you got to play with Spencer Knight, who's almost a, like a bit of an established NHL goalie now. So how was he in the AHL? He was awesome. You know, he was a great teammate, came down with a, you know, great attitude. Obviously he's kind of a, you know, certified NHL player now, but came down and he played two games for us when I was here. And uh, he played great in both. He was a, you know, standout dad. And obviously, he's, like I said, one of the better goalies in the NHL. So, uh, so no, he was great, great teammate. And, you know, obviously, I think we won both games that he played. So he was, he was good for us. And Charlotte Checkers, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned that, but that's the team you're on yeah. for those who yeah, don't that's know. The team and the assistant coach of Charlotte, Dan Biles, my longtime NHL coach. You got to tell this story with Biles well, for the listeners here. Can you can you just finish up? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess I want to say my first game there. He comes in the room. So the coaches always trying to come in for people that don't know. Coaches come in like at like ten minutes left or around then, whenever they want to come in after after warm up and before the game starts to kind of say what they need to say, like last minute. And talk about, I guess, the game plan and usually say the starting lineup. So that's the case here. So, yeah, Pilesma comes in and he's wearing like a, a white, just like a white t shirt and obviously like the, rest, like the rest of his suit on and stuff too. So he comes in, he's got his face saran wrapped, <laughs> like totally saran wrapped. He's got two water bottles. So he comes in, he's like yelling all this stuff. He, he smashes the water bottle together, dumps it over his head, so he's soaked, and then rips his t-shirt off, and he's got the starting lineup like written on his chest of like the numbers of the players that are starting, <laughs> and then 
<laughs> and then he turns around and does like a point to his back and he's got the number of the like starting goalie like written in massive letters on his back so, and then he as he's leaving the room he he like whips all the tape across the room and all that stuff and just kind of says like let's go boys kind of thing oh it was uh, what a motivator <laughs> i wonder if he did that when he was in the show i wonder uh, that's what i was wondering man that <laughs> that would just i don't know like cardsy how would you respond how would the colts respond to that type of motivation like at first i think i'd like shit my pants a bit i'd be like what is going on right now and then like once <laughs> Once you get like used to it, you'd be like, "Hold, like this is unbelievable!" Like fire him up. <laughs> yeah, hey, the boys so, were loving it. Did he? Did he poke yeah. like a mouth hole in the surround saran wrap around his face? Yeah, I just kind of like had it, so he could obviously talk, but and breathe. But, dude, and, then, and then after the best is like the the equipment guys come in, like all like kind of pissed off because they have to pick up all the tape off the ground, all this stuff. So <laughs> it was an interesting start to the game, but definitely got the boys fired up. That's yeah. unreal. I mean, we'll we'll kind of send it back now to the uh, to the minor hockey days and the the start of your OHL career, and you you start your path with being a tenth round selection in the OHL priority draft, and you didn't make the team as your first year, and a lot of people kind of want to rush into junior, and you took a step back, played that year in midget AAA, which uh, which is a route that like not a lot of people look at nowadays, but it, it's one that's kind of prominent and something that guys can make to the next level from there. So can you kind of talk about that season instead of going to junior a and playing midget you won a national championship that year so how was that for your development yeah that was huge honestly uh me going back that year obviously obviously I wanted to make it in the OHL my 16 year old year but uh we you know year had three overage defensemen that year so it was like you know the chances weren't, weren't great that year but it kind of told me to go back and have a good year and obviously play a lot so I tried out for a couple junior a teams but didn't make it um so yeah I went back to midget and honestly it was probably one of the best development years for me I got to play a ton power play penalty kill you know any any kind of situation in the game which was huge for me and then uh, you know I had a great coach there and Brett Punchard and he really believed in me and wanted to push me to be a better player and all that so yeah I played played a ton and we had a really good team there no no real standout guys but all guys that were good players and we kind of really believed in ourselves and we were hosting OHFs that year, so we we knew we were kind of going to get there, but we wanted to get there the real way by winning the winning the GTHL. So we did that. We won the G, and then won uh, one OHFs and made all the way to the national championship, the Telus Cup. And the Telus Cup was an awesome experience too. It was out in uh, I think Rivier de Lou, I think in Quebec, somewhere out there. But but uh, but yeah, it was a great experience playing against guys like uh, played against Comtois on Anaheim, I think now, and then a couple other AHL, NHL guys that were in that tournament. So yeah, it was a great tournament we ended up winning and uh, just a great experience for me and huge, huge for my development. Yeah. And was your first year at camp was McDavid there? Or no. Was he gone? Yeah, he was there my first year. How ridiculous was he out there? <laughs> he was nuts, man. He was on my team. I actually sat beside him in the dressing room. Kind of like block up there, and I, you look, you're looking for your name in the dressing room. You see, I saw my name tag beside me. It's McDavid. I'm like, oh god, like my first camp. I'm coming as a little 16 year old, and then see him beside me. I'm just like, holy, this is kind of crazy. But 
yeah, thank thank goodness he was on my team because if he wasn't, I <laughs> might have not been on the radar <laughs> for making it the next year. Yeah, absolutely. And he wasn't the only star you played with. Um, you got to play with Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrincat in your second year, actually, when you made the team. And what was it kind of just playing like with guys that that high caliber of player and guys who just dominated in the OHL? Yeah, I also think that was another big part for my development. Obviously, uh, playing it's, or playing with guys that are you know, Strom went third overall, DeBrincat went second round, uh, that are stars in the NHL now. So, you know, back then playing at some in practice every day, and I think that really helped me become a better player. And obviously them telling me some tips and tricks and all that stuff about, about the lead and about how to be a better player. So it was pretty cool and pretty pretty fortunate to play with those guys and our pretty good team. Yeah, and actually a question that kind of just came to my head was to bring Cat like a character because I obviously saw his uh, shootout uh, move in the NHL game. I was laughing my ass off the, the hangover there. So is he always like that or just putting on a show for Vegas? No, I think he was putting on a little bit of a show. He's he's a pretty quiet guy. He doesn't talk a whole a whole lot in the room. Or he wasn't like, he was, you know, say his, say his odd thing, but he wouldn't uh, like go out of his way too much. So unless he's changed a little bit now, that, that might have been a bit of a, bit of a show for the crowd for sure but I thought it was hilarious too that was that was funny <laughs> yeah I was, I was dying watching that and also in your first year a lot of a lot of things going on that year and it was also your draft year so how did you uh deal with like being a rookie seeing yourself in the rankings maybe not seeing yourself in the rankings did you think you were going to get drafted did you think you weren't like how did you deal with that year mentally yeah it was pretty crazy obviously I, I kind of went into the year not really expecting much we had, like I said, we had three overage defensemen that left, I guess, my first year there. So I knew I was going to be, you know, if I could play my way into the lineup, I knew I had a probably pretty good shot. And uh, I think I did that pretty well, obviously. And then I think I had, a, like, a really good start to the season in terms of points. I think I had, like, eight points in the first 12 games or something. And then kind of started seeing myself on, like, these NHL rankings and stuff. And at first, I honestly couldn't even believe it. Like, I'm coming in just excited to make the OHL kind of thing. And now, like, NHL teams are, or I guess, scouts or central scouting or, you know, whoever wants to make the rankings, putting me on there. And it's, like, kind of crazy to see. I didn't really believe it at first. But um, but once I realized that was kind of, like, I had that potential to, you know, be drafted and all that stuff, then I – it was hard. It was, like, you know, kind of – mesmerizing at first to kind of see myself up there but I wanted to you know just take that opportunity and you know now that people were seeing me and stuff and I thought that was that was good and I was able to you know just keep keep playing my game and try and do everything I can to kind of help the team win so it was definitely you know crazy at the start but I was like happy to see myself up there and obviously wanted to just take that opportunity and run with it yeah and you did you ended up getting drafted in the fifth round of the Detroit Red Wings and even before the draft, because uh, we have a lot of younger guys on the pod, eh, Cardsy? So Sam Rook, at least for his combine, he actually got to go because the last couple of years there hasn't been a combine. So can you talk about just the NHL combine, how that went, and even just you got in-person meetings, you know, in the rooms with all these teams. Can you just talk about that experience? Yeah, so kind of another one of those ones where I didn't really expect expect to be invited or anything because I think they only invite, like, usually, like, the top 100 or 110 people, whatever, so my agent emailed me that I got the invite to go. So I was like, oh, this is like, this is awesome. Like, it can be a cool experience. And 
I'd already talked to like a bunch of NHL teams kind of before that too. So I just thought this would be another good opportunity to kind of talk to them and show them my personality and stuff kind of away from the rink. But, but yeah, so it was in Buffalo and it is, this was 2016. So went down there and uh, the first day was just trying to introduction and kind of get all your gear, which is pretty cool too. <laughs> when you walk in and they just give you a bag full of t-shirts and sweaters and shorts and all that stuff. And we're staying in like a nice Marriott hotel. I think it was. And, um, then the second, I think second through fourth day was all, was all interviews. So they gave you your schedule and on what teams, uh, wanted to meet with you. I think I had 12 teams that they had at the combine talk to me. Um, so you're kind of looking through the list, like seeing like who, who you're, who you're going to talk to and then try and do some research on, on different teams. I, I, there's a couple of teams that I know, like asked me like what, what I knew about them. And I would just be like, freeze up a little bit and be like, uh, <laughs> I'd name like one player on the team or something, <laughs> you know, like the, the coach's name or anything, which is probably pretty bad, but I was, uh, I was trying to research. That's one thing I would say to the younger guys. If you're going to combine, do research on the teams before, before you go in, into the interview. But, but, uh, but yeah, so I interviewed with all the teams and the, some of them were easier than others. Some of them just kind of wanted to get to know me a little bit. And some really tested my, I uh, you know, tested my character, my personality, I guess. And started to ask me questions like, like not even about hockey, just like random ones. Like I remember, I forget what team it was, but they would ask me like, they'd tell me like, put these things in order. And it would be like, it would be like, one would be family. One would be like friends. One's like girlfriend. One's like, uh, like Probably job. I think. Yeah. yeah. And then. Who was that? The Isles? <laughs> I was thinking it had to be the Islanders. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I can't remember who it was, but, uh, yeah but anyway yeah so i was like i'm trying to like think like what they want to like hear kind of thing and obviously like what i what I thought for for myself as well i can't remember what order i put them in but i'm just like oh my like this is like interesting i thought they were gonna ask me all about hockey but um it's kind of interesting to see that they do all these character tests and i i feel like it's good because you know if there's a situation that you know off the ice that you got to deal with or whatever that these teams want to know that their players are, are good people and good, you know, good people to have in the community and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was the interviews. And then the last day was the combine testing, which I think everyone's probably the most nervous for you got, it's, uh, it was at the Harbor center. So like you got like the glasses all out on the, on the range. So you got all the, like most teams brought their like strength and conditioning guys too, to kind of see what, what, uh, like I guess what condition you're in or what, how you're doing all of them. So you got all the like executives in the crowd, like watching you do like all these exercises and stuff. So. And it was on national TV, right? I think it was on Sportsnet. Yeah. Yeah. I was, cause I was watching it. Like the combine was on like TV. They, like, I probably got no airtime, but like, I guess like Matthews was there and all those guys. So they, uh, like they would probably show like the top prospects kind of thing. And, uh, so yeah, it's like pretty, pretty like intense. Like obviously you want to do your best and show, show these teams that, you know, you're in shape and all this stuff. But then after that, we just have to go home after that. And like I said, I'm not too far from Buffalo. So just drove home, but it was a, it was a really good experience. And, you know, it's definitely one that I'll, I'll remember. Yeah. So tell us about your NHL draft the, the whole day and up until you got picked, how it all went down. Yeah, so I guess we got there on Friday morning. Friday's the first round and Saturday's the second, seventh round. 
Um, so where, I where went was to, your draft that year? It was in Buffalo as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we drove down there Friday morning, uh, and I was so nervous. I didn't know didn't know where I was going to go. Didn't know who I was going to go to. Didn't know if I was in a draft or not. I was all over a bunch of different rankings. Hard to kind of not look at them right before the draft, but but uh, but yeah. So I went down there Friday morning. Went to the first round on Friday night. Obviously wasn't expecting to go first round. Just kind of wanted to experience it with with all those guys going going first round and stuff. And then Saturday morning, I think it started at nine o'clock, and obviously got up early, got there, and sat in my seats and. <laughs> the most nervous I've probably ever been not knowing anything. And you just hear all these guys like going off and like kind of comparing yourself like, ah, maybe I should have went there. Like maybe I'm better than this guy kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, so I was drafted fifth round of Detroit. And when I heard my name, I didn't even know what team it was at first. I had to like look at the board because I just heard my name and I was like too like excited to kind of even know who's like, because they'd say like, this team like selects whatever so yeah i didn't even see who it was and i had to look at the board and found it was detroit so i was pretty pumped about that that obviously such a historic franchise and stuff but then you go down and meet their executives and gms and stuff and so i shook all their hands kind of saying thank you and all that stuff and then went to first first was interviews and the very first question I got, I don't know if you're part of this Rastin, but the, the reporter comes up to me and goes, uh, so being from Sweden, uh, you must know a lot about the Red Wings. <laughs> I'm like, and my answer was like, I was like, uh, I'm from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> At least they know who they were talking to, eh? That's good. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, guess, I guess they probably said that because like, whatever, all the good Swedes that played for, played for Detroit, but... <laughs> that was that was my first question that was how it started that's <laughs> know, embarrassing I, <laughs> I know <laughs> i didn't know what to say i didn't know if, whether to go along with it but i was like yeah uh, i'm from canada <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, so. that's so funny man and then so was it dan cleary the story with the stanley cover was that was it someone else no chris draper draper can you tell the chris draper story oh yeah so yeah so there's another one so I don't know, I tweeted I tweeted out the day of the draft and kind of went viral on Twitter. But so I guess my my mom works or used to work with Chris Draper's sister. So when the Redmonds won the cup in '98, uh, I like his sister invited my mom, and I was two months old at the time to come to his cup party. So I have this picture of me sitting in the Stanley Cup at like two months old. And then anyway, fast forward to the draft. My parents, first of all, my parents wanted me to show them this picture, like, at, at the Combine. I was way too nervous. I'm like, I can't pull out my phone and, like, be like, hey, look at this picture kind of thing. Yeah, so, because Chris Baker <laughs> was still working in the organization, right? Right, he was with the Red Wings. So, he was, like, he was one of, like, they had a lot of guys in there, but he was, like, one of the three that were asking, like, the questions. Mm-hmm. So, I was, like, I was debating. I was honestly debating. I was, like, oh, should I do it? Should I show him the picture? But I was, like, ah, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to whip out my phone and be, like like informal kind of thing so i didn't show it to him but what's that that would be hilarious though just hey hey drapes look at this <laughs> i know look at this that would have uh i don't know if that would have helped me it would have helped me a little bit but anyway uh yeah so they picked me and then we go upstairs to the suites after to kind of just keep talking to them and the whole family comes up and that's when i showed it to him i was like hey like look at this kind of thing 
and he's like, he couldn't believe it. I guess he obviously remembered like his cup party and stuff, but he didn't know it was me kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, so then me and him took a picture there and I like, I tweeted out and like the NHL retweeted all this stuff kind of went viral on Twitter, but it was kind of a crazy story how I guess I technically met him at two months old and then came full circle and got drafted by them. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a hell of a story there. And, uh, Obviously, you get drafted. You got a lot of confidence going back to Erie, and you go in and you win the OHL championship next year. So, do you just want to kind of talk about that playoff run with the such a deep team you guys had, and to be able to win it all? What a privilege that was! Yeah, I know it's pretty. It's pretty. Like that was a huge honor for for me and the team to be able to win. Because obviously, you know, you get five years in the OHL. It's not easy to win uh, a championship during that time, but. Yeah, we were, a, we were a good team right from the start, and then we picked up Sorelli and Fogel at the trade deadline, and that just bolstered our, our offense for sure. We had, like, honestly, we had four almost first lines. Like, it was crazy, but we had a really good team that year, and uh, I think we, we finished first in the league, I think. And then, yeah, so playoffs come around. I forget who we played in the first round, but... Was it not... Uh, was that not London? No, London was the second round. First round might have been like Saginaw or Sarnia. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. It was. I think it was either Saginaw or Sarnia. I think one of those two. I, th- I think we swept them, to be honest. And then, and then we play London the second round. And London just knocked out Windsor. So Windsor, the host of the Memorial Cup this year. So London's all like fired up. That I remember everyone out. was having a fit. Like they're all like, "Oh, how can Windsor play in the Mem Cup? They got they lost in the first round." Everyone was like freaking out. I know it was crazy, but London had a pretty good team. Windsor was a good team as well because they, I think, they were the four or five seeds. I think. Uh, so they it sucks that they had to play each other in the first round, but yeah, but uh, but yeah. So London knocked out Windsor. London was a good team too, and then against London we. We go to game seven. We're down like three nothing, I think, two or three nothing in the first period. And we're all like, oh no, like it's like a sold out house at our, our range, game seven. We're like, oh, this is like brutal start, like three nothing already. And then we pulled our goalie, we put our other goalie in. And then we just started scoring. It was like three, like we, I can't remember when we scored, but we scored a couple. And then I think we were down three two going to third or four three or something. I'm pretty sure we scored like late in the game to tie it up. And then we go to overtime and Fogel scored the, the game winner in overtime for us. So that was a nice game seven winner against London, especially London being, uh, if anyone knows of the OHL rivalry area in London, have a pretty, pretty big rivalry. So, uh, so that was a big one for sure. And then I think, I think the third round we played Owen Sound, I want to say. Oh yeah. I, I remember we- that series. Yeah. I think we played Owen Sound in the third round. And I think we might have went to seven against them, too. Or like, you did. You did. Because yeah. Guzda, Guzda would have been in the pipes, eh? Uh, would it have been him or would have been was this your Was this your third McNiven. year? It, I think it was McNiven. It was backing up, I bet. It was my second what did, year. What, when did you win your third year? My second year. Like third year eligibility, oh. though, cards. Third year... It would have been, like, my 18-year-old year. It was, like, 2019? No, yeah. 2017. So it, would have, it would have been a year before Gusta. It yeah, would have been Niven, like, I'm sure right, Niven was, right. was there. Right, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think that series went to, like, six or seven, too, at least. 
Yeah, because you guys played like a million playoff games. I remember it was like some crazy number. Everything went to seven. (laughs) And we had 23 or 24, I want to say. So a sweep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Yeah. uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. We beat Owen Sound. We go in the finals versus Mississauga. And I play with Stefan LeBlanc here. And he was on Mississauga, so I give it give it to him a little bit. But but, but uh, yeah, we end up we we won the first we won the first three, and we lost game four. But it was kind of nice; it worked out because then we got to go home for game five, and uh, game five it was went to overtime, and we Sorelli won in overtime. This was like Sorelli's yeah. overtime game winner goal. <laughs> If he, what do you do? He got the Mem Cup goal the year before or two years before? Two years before, I think it was. Yeah, and then he scored like a big Stanley. Did he not win the Stanley Cup for Tampa too with an yeah. OT goal? Not OT, but I think he did it. in, Or maybe he won a series or maybe he yeah, got the I think he won he the Cup. Yeah. I think it was a series, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was the, the Cup. He won to go to the Cup. He scored the OT winner, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, we were on a power play too. So, and our power play was like Sorelli – Debrinket, Strom, and both the radishes. Yeah. Like Fogel was the first power play, and this guy's unbelievable <laughs> NHL player. But that's that was our first unit, so we were kind of like, oh, we're going to score for sure, kind of thing. And then yeah, I went back door to Australia, and he uh, he tapped it in, and the crowd went nuts. It was like so our, our arena in Erie is pretty big. We have like seven thousand like seats yeah. there, and it was like sold out and like. Standing and how about um, cards? <laughs> Sorelli's Insta post after you probably wouldn't have seen it. He posted the, the cockiest picture with the OHL championship trophy, and he, it was his second one in like two years. Wherever he goes, nice to see you again, holding the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. You have yeah, to do man. that. I, yeah. I would totally throw that out there. But yeah. then, so yeah, like the Mem Cup that was in Windsor. Was that the year Timpano threw his stick? <laughs> yeah that was it so my my good buddy like one of my really close golf buddies is like boys with him so i remembered watching it and i just see this guy throw his stick did he throw it at a camera guy or something what happened there yeah the because the i guess it was he we pulled them so we were down by one like pulled them to do an extra attack around at the end of the game so then like we was didn't this in the championship game yeah yeah this is the championship okay game. And they didn't end up scoring either. So it was whatever ended, I think four or three. And the the camera guy, obviously it's on sports now. The camera guys had come in by the bench, like trying to get like our facial reactions, I guess. And I, I didn't even see it until I saw the video of it after. But I guess he just whipped his stick like at the camera guy because he was like obviously like pissed off and stuff. I, I don't I don't even know. Or maybe he tried to get the camera out of the way. I, I'm honestly not really sure, but that's so he, funny. Uh, I know that kind of went viral too, and a lot of people were kind of giving it to him a little bit for that. But obviously, yeah. the emotion of losing the Mem Cup, like one of the hardest trophies to win in hockey, then I mean, I would have would have probably done the same thing if it was kind of right in his face. And obviously, he was the starting goalie, so yeah. yeah. And you you guys had beat Windsor in the round robin, right? No, we didn't. Not oh. in round robin. Windsor, Windsor swept the Mem Cup. They didn't lose a game. Oh, wow. And, yeah, that was Mikey DiPietro, former guest of the pod. Was right. The door. And, right. Um, and who yeah. backed him up, Sammer? <laughs> Mario Kalina. Kali, our Brock goalie was the backup. <laughs> Jeez. And your He's team made up, Brock. Um, yeah, so, I mean, 
we'll we'll finish up with with some O stuff here. Like you get traded to the Sioux with Taylor Radish, and I can we confirm was it the biggest trade in OHL history in terms of number of picks? It was nine draft picks and Hayden Fowler. So okay. there, so Sue's ten pieces going card. back to Erie. Yeah. So as far as I know, it's the it's the most pits that went back for a trade. But I'm Cards, not. Do you know how much was in the Tomasino trade? A lot. It'll be close. It'll be close. Mm-hmm. Tomasino and uh, Akil both went for a lot, but Akil went for a player. So I'd say Tomasino, yeah, probably like close to that for sure. But mm-hmm. that, I remember that trade. That was a huge deal. Yeah. I think so, it was. Uh, I think it was five second rounders, like two thirds, or maybe three thirds, and then like a, a couple later round picks. But it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you go to another wagon team, dude. The Sioux is crazy. You go to the OHL finals again. So, like, t- just tell us about your time in the in the Sioux. Yeah, so it was obviously I didn't know much about the Sioux, kind of not playing there. I mean, and us in here, we don't play in the Sioux that often they really play there once a year but but going up there was uh it was actually awesome i i loved up there it was great hockey city great fan base especially when we were we were away in that year too so uh we went up there and it was uh it was an awesome time i think i think like our whole detour was drafted so we had a good detour as well and some of our forwards were sandine yeah was, sandine hollowell oh yeah Noah carol Ladarie, uh, Rorke, uh, yeah. Rorke, no, Rorke, Rorke was a year later when okay. uh, when uh, I ended Sam Brooks' career in the O with the uh, <laughs> series mop of Sea of Mud. The dagger, <laughs> dagger, the dagger in game sets, but but uh, but but yeah. So no, we were we were a really good team that year too, and we had uh, uh, really good players and uh yeah we made it to the i forget, i can't remember the series in that in that year though i can't remember what we did but we had a crazy series against owen sound in the second round i think it was seven gamer yeah that and, was the Guzda one that was the Guzda one that i was talking about yeah didn't you guys, didn't you guys win that game like nine seven in game seven or something yeah there was like we were up like i think we were up like six to one or Good something on Guzda. <laughs> And then, yeah. uh, and then they they scored like eight thousand goals in the in the third, and we we scored a couple too. And yeah, it ended up like nine sets or something like crazy. Yeah. I think like I think a couple guys on our team had like three or four points in the third period alone. But <laughs> but because uh, Owen Sound was pretty good too, they had some good players too. But, but yeah, so we won that one. Then then we played Kitchener in the third round. And that was another crazy one. We talked seven. about this series when I can't remember who was on cards, but this was the series where Giovanni Smith flipped off the, the bench in the crowd and got suspended, and then they lost in Game Seven. Bro, Sammer's been through it all. Like this guy's <laughs> career, he played with every best player. He's got to see the best incidents happen. Jeez, <laughs> literally. But yeah, so that that happened because they beat us in overtime in Game Six, and then he he went by the bench and did that. So he ended up getting suspended for that. And I know Giovanni too. And that's, that's obviously not really, he's a great guy. It's not his character, but obviously the emotion of winning that game. And I'm, I'm sure he was pretty fired up that we got to, <laughs> got to go to game seven. So, but uh, yeah, so we go to game seven and it was no, we went to overtime. No one scores in the first overtime. So everyone's like, <laughs> remember, remember going to the room after first overtime. We're like, we cannot lose this like at home game seven. 
than than Nery Dorf in the second overtime. And it was like it was a brutal goal too. Was it it might have been Kalina and that actually? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was the starter for Kitchener that year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was yeah. him and that. Yeah. Sorry, Kalina. Just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but our Ethos Kopaka just like shot like from like the blue line almost and it, 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 I'm gonna say it should have been stopped, but he gave but, two of uh, those up against U of T this year too, man. You might want to cut that out, but no, that stays in. But uh, but yeah, so it was like a it was like a soft shot and just went like five four, I think, on the ice. Maybe it was screened or something. I don't know, but I remember I was I just got on the ice and I was at like, the first one on and I that's a big plus right <laughs> to him. Yeah, I wanted like a phantom apple there or something. <laughs> but but uh, you get the plus, and is this right? Are you your fourth all time in OHL plus minus? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Are you also fourth all time in OHL playoff games? I think I'm no. I think I'm four. I think I'm within the top ten. I think I have like seventy five playoff games. I think. Something and you like didn't that. even play your first year. I know, and then my yeah. plus minus is like. I'm pretty sure my I can't remember. I'd have to look up what my plus minus was, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm like top five all time for that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, just to inform you boys, the Leafs just won in an OT. Marner got two, one in the third, and one in OT. Let's go! Let's go! Right now. Oh my yeah. god! So just quick research, Sam. You want to update us on those plus minus stats? Yeah. So I found it. I am fourth all time at plus 134. Over my four-year career. <laughs> what? Yeah, and and four of the top six guys were on my Erie team. Me, Darren Radish, DeBrincat, and Strom were in the top wow. six all time. And you're three off of being second all time. Like you're that close. Yeah, it's pretty close. So uh, I guess I can got some bragging rights for for my plus minus. Big minus. plus guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's but I, I I I did that to my to my good teams. I can't take that on myself. So. No, you're all the pluses are for you. <laughs> all right. And unfortunately, you didn't sign with Detroit that following season, like in your fourth year, and then you play your OA year and stuff. And how did that kind of affect you mentally? Did you like be able to bounce back and be like, okay, hey, I'm going to go to U Sports, so I'm going to make like a pro career still, or did it kind of dwindle your dreams? Um, no, I, I, I still thought I've made it a, a good career, obviously. It sucks learning that or hearing that you're not going to sign. Uh, I think I honestly, I think it was the morning of a playoff game. I think I think I got told by my agent that I wasn't going to sign. So I can't remember. I can't remember how I played that night, but I'm going to say it probably wasn't that great. Or maybe maybe I played maybe I played the best game of my life. I don't know. But but uh, but yeah. So found that out, and then that was actually after my my. So I was after my third year, I guess, because I was after my two years. Then I went to Columbus's camp after my third year, and I thought I had a good chance of signing there. I was I was being told that you know I had a good good camp and all that stuff, uh, which which I did. But and I I think I had a really good prospects tournament too. I think I like was like top five in D men scoring in that tournament. And you guys won the prospects tournament. Dude. Yeah, we won the prospects tournament too. We had a, we had a good team and stuff. So. I don't know. I thought I had a really good camp, but obviously it just didn't work out there. And then I went to Boston's camp after my OA year, didn't work out there. So I've been through been through a lot of camps, kind of not not signing and stuff. Obviously, when I want to sign, but uh, I think 
obviously if the one you hear it that you're not going to sign it, it sucks. But I think that's just kind of made me more mentally, mentally stronger, mentally tough. And just, you know, just keep pushing my way to, to as high as I can go in terms of lead and furthering my career. So, and actually I, I'm wondering too, how you have to have so much gitch. I'm going up. <laughs> so uh, you'll see me one day in, in Boston gear. You'll see me next day in Detroit gear, next day in Columbus gear. The, the boys probably think I've been a suitcase around around the uh, around the league when I show up to work as the summertime. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think I think I've heard that because you go to the one that all the boys go to in Pickering, right, or wherever. Yeah, with uh, like cozy and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they have said that they're like, yeah, Samaris just. He's got every NHL team. It's like he goes to <laughs> pro hockey life and just buys everything. Yeah, yeah I see me, see me every day with a different shirt on. So, yeah, that that's good. And uh, you like ultimately you wind up at Brock. Um, so how did that go down for you? Uh, Why did you choose to go there? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not with any Raston influence, but <laughs> but no, honestly, like because you were like the first one to reach out to me about it and like talk to me about it. And I, I didn't really know, I didn't really have too much information on you sports uh, other than what you, you told me like previously about like Brock and stuff, but, uh, but, and then UNB was actually the first, I just school other than Brock to reach out to me. And obviously they're known as kind of the powerhouse in U sports. And I was debating going there, but I wanted to make sure I played a lot, uh, and then obviously they recruit a lot of guys and recruit some good players and have guys that drop down from the AHL and, and East coast league and stuff. So it's not that I didn't believe in myself, but I just wanted to make sure kind of thing that I was going to play a lot. And obviously you and Marty had a big influence on me coming to Brock and when I met with you guys and Tavis Wall, but when I met with you guys and stuff, it, it made sense for me to go to Brock and the sport management program there was, was a good choice for sure. oh yeah and was it uh (laughs) i just remembered this one this morning when i was throwing down the the outline but was it my two recruiting bags i gave you (laughs) (laughs) can you you tell that story you don't need to say what was in the one recruiting bag i'm saying it (laughs) i'll tell i'll tell the story so cards for recruits we can give them like these like swag bags, I guess you want to call them. I don't know. It's like a, like a Brock duffel bag with like a bunch of like Brock branded stuff in it. Um, like simple, you know, whatever. So I I have one of these things I'm going to give to Sam Brook. But since he's we, 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 this is, we were in Niagara Falls at the time, right? Because we were playing Niagara, I think. And then yeah, you were like, oh, like, can I come to the hotel and give you a bag? I'm like, no, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, and and so, so I got a second one of these bags, but dumped out all of the... Uh, inside stuff and i filled it it was like what you need at brock so i had the one like actual brock recruiting bag and then the other one it was filled with like 500 condoms um like a six pack of beers there's smirnoff ice there was like shotgun tools beer bongs like whatever you need like just everything you need to party basically inside these two and they were both in identical brock duffel bags and uh it was just it was hilarious so a little bit of a brock survival kit in the one that might have got you there. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an interesting play. I'm not gonna say anything more about that, but <laughs> well, that's not what I was expecting when, when you said when you said you're gonna give you a second bag. <laughs> so you you come to Brock the first year and you lead the team in points as a defenseman. Like we were blown away. We we loved you and all that. And um, 
what's so funny about that? Oh, we we loved you. Oh, well, because he left us, so it was like a heartbreaker. But we'll get to that. Um, but hey, talk about the steel blade when you scored in front of five thousand fans and they were going bananas, blew the roof off that place. Yeah, so that was a that was an unreal game. That was one of the most well, maybe not one of the most important days. So one of the most fun days I probably played in. Uh, obviously, it being an exhibition game, but you still want to win for the steel blade, you know, just yeah. show that off a little bit, chirp the dice on golf. But but uh, but yeah, so like the crowd was unreal. Like it sold out like five thousand university students and Cardi, this <laughs> university crowd students. Crazy, they're they're hammered singing all game long going not everyone's wearing red they we give them all like the clapper thing it was just like pandemonium all game long yeah I they're think, screaming I about that with, i think we talked about that one with marty too rask yeah yeah but yeah they, anyway they were screaming i i remember I, I think we were losing at the time when i scored but and then it was like a i think i got a pass i'd have to kind of at the top of the blue line like right in the middle i think i just took a one-timer and the delay must have been screamed or something because who knows? I probably wouldn't score one time for the top. We wasn't screen, but but uh, he, uh, yeah, I scored. And I wanted to like do like a huge sally. I can't remember what I did, but if we were like winning or something, or like if I was at like, the first goal of the game, I probably would have sallied so hard. But but uh, I think I just did like a, maybe a fist fist pump or something. But the humble fist pump. I'm Jordan Sandberg. I do this all the time. <laughs> yeah, the humble, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool scoring. Like the crowd was fired up, and I think I think it was later in the game, so maybe a few people had already left to to go enjoy the rest of the night. But <laughs> but, uh, but uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool, and that that game is like pretty pretty sweet, and definitely one I'll miss at Brock for sure. I, I need to go back to a to another studio blade and enjoy it as yeah. a fan. But absolutely. Um, how do you like being a student, man? Like living off the ice. Obviously, there was a lot of extracurriculars that year. Um, for the boys, but what about just like life away from the rink? Yeah, it was. It wasn't bad. Uh, it's a little different after not really doing a whole lot in, in the OHL, but and uh, doing like well, we did a lot of online stuff, I guess, in the OHL. But going back to class, and, and that's my first first university experience, so it's kind of like weird too. Like I'm like my first year, and like you or like let's say people that don't play hockey or like aren't on the hockey team that are in like their fourth year that are my age, mm-hmm. like kind of like the the vets of the of the campus kind of thing yeah, <laughs> yeah like this little rookie like walking around like not knowing anything <laughs> else <laughs> but uh but it's kind of cool I guess kind of try to take some class with the teammates and the speed of props so I kind of love the hockey guys so yeah tried does anything for the boys yeah so I made it a little bit easier but I know it was like a little difficult like studying for exams again when you're used to kind of just coming home and like Going like going to play that's passing out with the boys to like do whatever, not really have to worry about schoolwork. But it wasn't a huge transition, but definitely a, a little bit of a wake up call for sure. A lot of fun, mm-hmm. a lot of fun at nights at Brock, that's for sure. But we don't need to get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can we can say that for another day. And and after your time at Brock, or not after, I mean, like right in the middle, you just pull the shoot on Rask and flip him off and say, I'm out of here, bud. And uh, you, you sign in the coast with uh, the Florida Everblades. Uh, so one of the best spots you could probably pick to go play hockey at, um, other than the uh, musical rooms you got going on there. But uh, kind of just tell us about living and playing in Florida for the first time. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So it was kind of like the Florida scout texted me right out, like as first of all, I guess our season got canceled at U sports. So I was like, kind of being, I was like, ah, like, can I do a full year without playing games? Like probably not kind of thing. So when I heard from Florida, I, I'd already said no to a couple of coast teams before too, because I kind of expressed my interest that I wanted to play pro at like any time kind of thing. I think it was, that was kind of like a well-known thing. Uh, so I had a couple of coast teams call me like before my second year at Brock, I guess. And that was before I knew the season was going to be canceled. So I said no to them and went to Brock for my second year. And the first half got canceled, I think. Right. And then, but the second half didn't at, at first. Yeah. And then, so went to the first half <clears throat> and then second half came around the Florida scout touched me. And I was like, I was like, at this point, I think the second half had been canceled. And then, it's time to be in it. I'm like, ah, do I want to go? Do I want to kind of finish school? Like my school package, there's a lot to kind of think about, but I was like, you know what, if I say no to this, I might regret it in the future. And I was thinking the earlier I can go pro, the earlier I can try and make it up to, you know, the AHL or a good league in Europe or, you know, whatever the highest league I'm trying to play at. But so I decided to like I said, Ford is kind of a hard spot to say no to, especially us here in Fort Myers. It's pretty pretty nice area and so I come down here and you know I got I got a little bit of like some games in I obviously want to play a little bit more last year but uh just trying to get my my feet wet and kind of learn the organization and stuff but uh but yeah no I love it down here it's it's a great spot and uh definitely one of one of the better places to play in the coast that, that I've heard from so mm-hmm. and then so, you know, most recently having played in the AHL, what's the difference like from the ECHL to the AHL? Uh, for us, it's not a huge difference, honestly, in terms of like off-ice stuff, like travel and, you know, meals and hotels and stuff. Uh, the We're pretty lucky we fly a lot of places down here, but some coast teams like bus everywhere. So that would be a big difference if you're on a different team. But we we fly rather than Jacksonville and Orlando, which is only three and five hours away. So, but like just the just the in terms of like the like the meals and stuff, like they have like almost like NHL type meals in the in the AHL. Like they got everything. They got like multiple sauces, Alfredo meat sauce, whatever. Hey, you how want. many shampoos are there in the shower? there's the same amount which is what <laughs> one two maybe cardi said in in cardi how many shampoos were there in san jose well, there had to have been like eight oh, different- oh that i thought you meant like a hotel shower but yeah oh, oh yeah it's no. like you got like a couple different ones I, especially like well i was only in charlotte for i guess like one practice day lived around the road the whole time but that's nice yeah Two week roadie when you got called up. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, in Charlotte, it was like you got had the old spice, you had the dove, like pick your poison kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there was a lot. But uh, but yeah, just like I mean, it's a lead higher, right? So there's obviously going to be like better amenities, and these teams are the the main farm teams for these NHL teams, so they they send them pretty good stuff, and you know, their the staff there were. were awesome like they're on top of everything you know i i didn't even touch my gear like when i was there like i, I bring it to the hallway and put it on a cart and it's gone at the nets rank for me so so uh just kind of all that stuff like the office stuff i think is a little bit 
a little bit like different in, in terms of that. But travel wise, you know, it is what it is for mm-hmm. for depends. I just I said depends where you play, but why were you guys busing or flying? We flew, but did, did, wait, did I tell the bus story? Yeah, yeah, at the beginning. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember that. What but, about uh, on the ice though? Like, how was that? Yeah, on the, it was pretty. It was well. That that's what I said. The kind of big difference was like these guys are out here. Like, you know, it's like a very intense, like intense practice. Like, you know, if, if we mess up a pass, like coach is calling us back and saying like redo it kind of thing. Like. Like, uh, like I said, just the, just the speed, speed of the, the plays, I'd say, like I was telling you about this, but the, the pace of the game wasn't that much, like it's obviously faster, but it's not like, it's like, not like, whoa, it's crazy fast, but just the pace of like the plays, like the passes are on the tape, they're quick, everyone knows where each other are. So that's, I'd say that's the biggest difference between the coast to the A and, you know, you've got guys that are first round NHL pits that have played, some have played, you know, a hundred 200, 300 NHL games and stuff. So they're smart players. They're really smart players up there. And you just try to be, be that much better. And I guess we'll kind of take it from there, kind of out of hockey questions and move into our uh, personality questions. Uh, and then we got my favorite segment coming up next, next with Rask, not Nest. Uh, got that one going again, Rask, where I just say random words. But uh, <laughs> how would your teammates describe you? Uh, I think they describe me as, I'd say probably more quiet. I'm not, I'm not a huge talker. I like to joke around a little bit. I, I'm pretty like loose personality in terms of like, I don't, don't need to have my headphones in, like head down, like no one talks to me before the game kind of thing. Yeah. I, I'm a, yeah, I'd say like kind of like quiet, kind of like laid back kind of guy in the room and love to play sewer ball too. It's my game, yeah. two touch, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'd say kind of like a quiet, like that kind of get along with everyone kind of thing. The silent sewer assassin, that's good. It's a good trait. <laughs> um, what do you like to do away from the rink? Uh, being down here, a lot of golf, a lot of yeah. golf. Is oh. the, this is my favorite. I know you're a big golfer too, but yeah, rask rask. Think she's a big golfer. <laughs> hey, I beat I beat you this past summer that one round. No, no, no. That's there's no scorecard to confirm. I have that. the scorecard. I kept that's it. Okay. Slayer can confirm it. Cameron, Cameron, that's ugly. If you lost a round, <laughs> <laughs> no card, cards. I shot an 88. It was a round of my life. Yeah, you had a uh, hole in your pocket that day. Balls were just sliding back out into the fairway somehow. There might have been a couple kicks. <laughs> he shoots at four feet, like. 400 meters into the woods and then all of a sudden you pull oh it's right here it's oh right it hit here. the branch <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah golf is a big one down here we have a pool at the complex here so i spent a little bit of time there uh tennis tennis probably a tennis player too uh a little bit yeah. at spots here and there yeah we, we are problem. ripping Fortnite lately we've been back on the grind oh yeah. Oh, crap. Gosh, there isn't a minute you're not on the Fortnite grind, bud. And next one, a very popular question. How do you eat a cupcake? How do I eat a cupcake? Yeah. I, you know what? I usually eat it from, like, the, the top, like, down, like, the icing part first. Yeah. But I, I'd say it, it tastes better when you eat the bottom first. 
and then you eat the top part. Okay. Because you know you want the, you want the icing and the sprinkles and all that stuff on top, but I usually eat it like just I just top down or like how probably most people. Eat I, it. I also want to say like Sambrico was after the candy man. Like you should have <laughs> seen his room at Broca. He had shelves and shelves that were supposed to be for like clothes and stuff, and it was all candy. So yeah. that's the next question. What's your favorite candy? Another pretty big sweet tooth. It's it's pretty bad, but. <laughs> But I'd say, what do, what do you think, Ras? Sour Patch Kids, probably. It's probably I thought you were Sour Keys guy, number one. That, okay, Sour Keys, yeah. Sour Keys. But, like, they got to be the good Sour Keys. They're, like, there's a hit or miss on the Sour Keys. Like, yeah. you got to get the good ones. So, like, the ones that Costco <laughs> used to sell. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's, like, it's, like, a, it's, you can't just buy any Sour Keys, you know? The, yeah. the ones at Costco are the best ones. But I don't think they sell them anymore. But I think... Um, there was one store in Thorold actually when I was at Brock that had like the good ones and I would go there all the time, but I forget which grocery store it was, but yeah, but hey, sour keys or sour patch kids. I, I, I used things. to, I used to just go to your apartment. Remember you had those unreal cookies that you didn't like. And I would just go over to, and to like hang out, but really just take all his cookies. He'd just be feeding me these nice, like those soft cookies cards. Are you a soft cookie guy? <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to have a soft cookie if uh, we stop talking about soft cookies. My mom just made some for me, so I'm fired <laughs> up. Okay, okay. Well, we can we can move it along into a, a little bit of Sambrook this or that, Sam. So quick, I say two options, this or that. You pick, we move on. Rip, rip through a couple. So white tape or black tape? Black tape. Bar down or five hole? Bar down. Yeah. That no no defenseman would ever say five hole. I guess, eh? No, I try. If I try and shoot five hole, I look like an idiot because I can never score. Especially like if we're doing like shootout in like practice, I try and go five hole, and I like try to just like slide in kind of thing. When when you tried to go five hole on that breakaway in the playoffs against Guelph and you missed, oh my god, I was gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, prime <laughs> example right there. And I also I tried to go five hole. I had one penalty shot in my OHL career. And I tried to do it a little backhand, forehand, five-hole. And it just, I just looked like an idiot because the goal easily saved it. I don't have, like, the best <laughs> hands in tight kind of thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, keeping it going, uh, shoot first or pass first? Uh, I'd say, yeah. Uh, I'd say shoot first, probably, for me. Yeah. Um, uh, Harvey's or Wendy's? <laughs> Harvey's, for sure. Wendy's do help him, but Harvey's my absolute Yeah, favorite. this guy loves Harvey's. Um <laughs> Okay, I put sour keys or chocolate. Sour keys. Okay, what about just candy or chocolate? I think it's sort of candy. I love chocolate, but I'd probably choose candy first. Okay, <laughs> Fortnite or hockey? <laughs> hockey, but Fortnite is. <laughs> if you're talking about NHL like video game or Fortnite, probably Fortnite. No, I was talking real hockey. Okay, and hey, if if this wasn't going live on the air. For every NHL, AHL, and Coast team to see, he'd definitely say Fortnite. But <laughs> not at all hockey for sure. You know, he loves the game. He loves the game. Um, all right, last one here. This one I'm curious. <laughs> take a nap or go for a walk? Uh, I'm probably a take a nap. <laughs> yeah, you're always in bed. I remember cards. I don't know if you remember when, when we had Rorky on. Oh no, it was, it was I was waiting for you to join the, the Zoom and Samrick FaceTime me and I showed like the camera to Rorky and Samrick's in bed and Rorky's like this guy's always in bed. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> actually, yeah, I think I remember that man. I Thank actually you. that's jokes though. Yeah. Sammy, you gotta get to bed soon then, I guess. Hey? 
bedtime or, or you were like, you must be, you gotta be like, I could see you like ripping Fortnite with Rask late nights and then like <laughs> sleeping during the day. That, that yeah, that's what I do. I, I, well, practice is what 10 30 and then I get home from practice at like 12 or one and then usually take a nap and then I'm good for Fortnite the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um all right last but not least rolling into our fan questions um our favorite one from all the fans every week stick and specs uh so i i'll go with my favorite stick because we have to use warriors in this league so i don't well here i go warrior i don't know what it's called the dx i think it is uh i go the p90 terror or p92 like the typical bastrom bauer one and i usually go well, now I have a hundred flats, but my favorite Ooh. flats, hundred yeah, flats, but my favorite flats is if I could like specify it a little more. Like my CCMs, I would go CCM Trader, P90 Curve with 95 flats and stiff blade. I need a stiff blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, help with the one T's. Um, yeah, helps exactly. with all his stick infractions, man. This guy is just always flashing and tripping. And I'm, I'm, I'm good for usually a slash or crush like every yeah. once or two games. Yeah. <laughs> Um, pre-game meal. Uh, I switch it up usually. Obviously, chicken, chicken pasta usually on the road. But at home lately, I've been doing Jersey Mites <laughs> subs, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been playing. I've been like feeling great on the ice. So on, uh, actually, we're away this weekend. But whatever the Nets home name is, Jersey Mites sub uh, will, will be my my go-to. Get you a spot. Shout out. Yeah, shout out Jersey Mike's. Uh, usually, uh, usually like a cookie too. Like I have to have some sweet before a game, so usually a chocolate cookie from there. Okay, I like it. And our last question from a person you may know: What was your haircut <laughs> your first year in Erie from Christian Gurney? <laughs> oh God, I don't know. I'm not gonna like demonstrate or anything, but it was like basically like just put the hair down and like cut across. Very <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Hey Ras, can you pull up a picture and make this a clip? Yeah, yeah, the picture's gonna go up on yeah, that. I tried to, do, I tried to do like a blue steel like look too, and it was like, I, yeah. I remember I played with Travis Dermott, and he would, well, he didn't. I heard, I didn't hear the end of it from him about my haircut. He, yeah, Gurney said the guys were giving it to you all year about the, the haircut. I forgot Dermott was on that team too, and Chernock was on that team. There's a lot yeah. of sick guys you played with, man. Holy. Yeah, but uh, I remember my I, I got a secret Santa gift that year, and it was like a it's like a haircut. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I honestly think Gurney had me. I think Gurney got it for me, but oh, dude, it was, I didn't hear the end of it that year. But I fits it up. I think it's a little bit better. So <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I I have two more cards I want to throw in first. Um. I want you to tell a story of your overtime goal in London. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. So this is in London. Like I was on Sue at the time. So like, wasn't as bad of rivalry. It was eerie. Then it would have been like even, even better. I feel like, but anyway, it's still sweet. So I'm, I just, I think Hall had the puck behind the net, but he needed a change. So he just kind of like dropped it to me as I was coming on. So I'm stopped behind the net. And then I, I don't even know what I was thinking. I don't think I've ever went end to end ever before, but I just fly up the left lane and it was on Hancock too, who yeah. was at Brock for a little bit. But so me and him were kind of like, he was chasing me and we were kind of like neck and neck, but then he kind of handed me off to like the D man. 
and the D-man was like kind of flat-footed. So I just made like one little move after letting one end to end. One made one little move, like left to right, kind of beat him, and shot a far side low blocker. And <laughs> I had like almost like blacked out. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. So. A couple of my teammates that were on like came to hug me and I like pushed him out of the way. He blows off the teammate. <laughs> and then I just do this like bad like double fist pump. Like it was the down like, on one, it was the patty came one knee, like double pump, yeah. sliding back towards the man. <laughs> like I looked, I, like, I saw the video after I looked stupid, but in the time, in the moment, I thought like this is like the best Sally ever kind of thing. And then <laughs> and then they all kind of like hugged me, but that was like I I always wanted to start an overtime winner. That was like the biggest, one of my biggest like things I wanted. I guess in the in the L or like any, anytime starting an overtime winner, it's just like the best kind of feeling. But yeah, and to end was, in front uh, of ten thousand isn't bad though. Yeah, at, at the bottom. Oh, I I'm watching it right now. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> I I actually thought the celly was kind of cool. If I'm being honest, it wasn't bad, but like Sorry, dude, I let me know what like, you think. Oh yeah, this is it. Race down the wing up against Hancock. Here's Sam Rokoshi. But you fall first, too. Yeah, yeah, I forgot I fell first. <laughs> it's a cool, it's kind of a cool celly, though. Yeah, just the double fist bump. But I was like, I remember OHL posted on their like Instagram account, and like a couple people were like, was like, goal like eight out of 10, like celly like two out of 10 or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, this ain't good. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, I have one more that I forgot but just quickly Samer, if you sign an nhl contract tomorrow what's like the first thing you're gonna buy first thing i buy would probably be i need a new wallet so i want to go with like a, a nice wallet i've been i've been thinking about buying that but yeah but uh burberry wallet is what i go with okay oh hello that's the best of the pod hello thomas Wamaka. what's up man <laughs> new room what are national practice goalie my buddy has a podcast, so. Oh, you're on podcast? Yeah. Did I just ruin it all? No, you didn't cut it out. But maybe I can write you in. Maybe you can well, go Come, come say hi. NHL signed goalie. Yeah. Hey, Curry, we got a Nashville Predators signed Tendy on the pod right now. Yeah. Get him going next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll leave you guys to it. All right. So, Sam, last one, though. Just I, I know you've heard of our partners at the Gavin Well Specialists, and they they they'd help you get a wallet, but they'd also help you set up your financial future, investments, NFTs now, taxes, you know, all the good stuff. Cards and I have seen their offices, beautiful, great people that work there. Um, and yeah, the Gavin guys are the best in the business. You know it. I talk about it with you all the time. All the listeners know it. We all know they're the best. So for you, for everybody, check them out, GavinGroup.ca, the very best. And uh, they even sent me this cool puck. So for the listeners, look at this puck. Now you have to go to Gavin. Um, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> so uh, cards, yeah, you want to like, I mean, yeah, I guess, is that all from you cards there? Yeah, no, I'm good. Just appreciate you taking the time out of your day, Samurai. I know you had a busy one today and getting acclimated to your new room. Um, but thanks for coming on. Really enjoyed it. You're mucking oh, yeah, Thanks, boys. <laughs> I know. Right, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, it was it was it was a good talk, and yeah, appreciate you coming on. It's good we can finally get you on here. So, um, yeah, man, have a good night. Enjoy, uh, enjoy Florida some more. Thanks, man. All right, and we want to thank uh, Samer for that one. It was a great interview, like we said before, and yeah, it was it was pretty cool to hear some of those stories. Like 
sometimes when you don't like necessarily maybe know the name of the pod and stuff like that, maybe it's not a Quentin Byfield or something like that, but I thought it was an amazing interview. And to, to have those stats in the OHL and be an OHL champion is absolutely incredible. And he's a player that will work his way up the pro ranks in within no time, just kind of by his track record, the way he plays the game and everything like that. It all contributes to team success, which every team needs. Yeah, it, it actually was uh, an awesome interview. And even me, like who's known him for so long, I, I kind of didn't realize or forgot maybe some of those stories or the the career he's had so far like some of those things were incredible and the stories were funny and like you said in the interview <laughs> there were, he's been involved in so many of these stories um and it was it was really funny so uh an entertaining one and it was good uh hearing about that and I do agree he'll he'll keep working his way up because you know you you know it like if that's all you want to do like you put in the work people can can get there and he has the skill so he works hard um and he trains with a lot of your friends, like Perfetti and, and Cozy and stuff, like you mentioned. So, yeah, uh, you know, to train with guys like that, man, rub off some of that energy, you know, not bad. Um, yeah, it's been uh, there's not too much to talk about, but it's been snowing like crazy over here in Niagara, which it never really does too much. What, what's it been like in Barrie? Well, I'm in Curtis right now, but Barrie hasn't even been that bad this year compared to like my parents said it's been like way worse here, but yeah it's obviously been like a lot everywhere kind of yeah it's it's bad here man my car was buried in snow i had to dig it out with my little plastic emergency shovel which is like the size of my maybe two hands put together like like this that's how big it is (laughs) i'm like digging my car out for 40 minutes before practice trying to get out and then i'm battling through the roads um so it's it's been tough like i see someone on my window right now walking in the the snow piles are so high just her head i could see above the snow that's Um, brutal that's yeah, brutal. but anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead to practice in a sec here. I'm going to stop at Tim's. I'm going to stop at one Tim's on the way, get my free coffee, and then stop at the Tim's near the rink and get one for the coach or something, and might as well just keep getting my free coffees as much as I can. I thought it was, like, one every one every day for seven days, but it's just, like, you go for as many as you want for seven days. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But you it has just to be, like, around the drive through What? You can look. Literally just loop around the drive through a million times if you wanted yeah, to. Just keep keep pulling around. So I might do that. But yeah, I mean, uh, maybe I'll take it away. Anything you want to say before I take it away since you you opened it up today? Yeah, I want to uh, just make uh, predictions for the Super Bowl, like scores, exactly scores. So okay. give me yours first. Oh, God. I think it's going to be a, a high-scoring game. I think we're due for a high-scoring game. So relatively high-scoring. I, I want to say uh, – 34-31 Bengals. Okay, I was gonna say 28-24 Bengals. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going for an absolute offensive explosion. Your, your score might be more realistic, but I know um yeah, I'm I'm cheering for high score. I, I like a high scoring game. So hopefully it's close, hopefully it's entertaining, and then Joe Burrow walks in and wins, and that guy from LSU carries him off the field again, whatever, you know his name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't know his name, but yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. And with that being said, yeah, hopefully we get a good week of weather and, uh, you know, the weatherman cards, you can, can give us something, some sun and some warmth here. So uh, it was a good episode. We appreciate you all for listening this far and the support, and we'll be back at it next week with another good one.